You are listening to the Free to Be Mindful podcast, which provides bite-sized tips for busy parents, educators, and anyone working with kids. These real talk conversations focus on mindful living, mental health, and personal growth, helping all to learn, grow, and inspire with mindfulness in mind. I'm your host, Vanessa De Jesus Guzman, educator, licensed professional counselor, entrepreneur, and mom. I'm passionate about helping folks live life with peace of mind and ease of heart while not losing their, well, you know, here we go. Hello and welcome back. I hope that you're feeling good, looking good, and doing better in this world than you were yesterday. So if you haven't taken a moment of your precious time thus far and given a review or a five star and some comments, some words are always greatly appreciated, please take a moment to do so now and know that I am forever grateful. So last week, I mentioned how Disney movies sucked. (laughs) that's the word that I use. And the reason I said that is because I said sometimes they give little girls the false expectations of finding love. And that's really kind of all they should live for. But at least that was the old movies. All the movies that came out in the 1980s, I say the 1980s because that's how my son describes it as if it were like medieval times or something. (laughs) But everything that came out in the 80s and before that, it seemed like really that was the focus of the movies. And to clear the record... I really do love Disney. Having family in the Orlando area, I always had the privilege of going to Disney World about every other year or so, and I am still in love with the Disney magic. What I've come to love more, though, besides the Disney cruises, which are amazing, by the way, are the movies in more recent history. And I love them because if you're familiar with them, instead of having the main characters wait to fall in love and be rescued by Prince Charming, they really focus on finding themselves. And I really greatly appreciate that. Now, having a young child meant that I have watched the more recent movies more probably than I have watched The Lion King, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, and so on in the span of my lifetime. To get specific with it, when I have my son watch the old movies of my generation, he says they're boring. However, I cannot even begin to tell you the number of times that I have watched Encanto in the last two months. We watched it for the first time on Christmas Eve, and since then, I mean, if I say 40 or 50, I may be even lowballing it, (laughs) at least more than that. And I will say that I have absolutely loved the movie Encanto for so many different reasons. First off, because of the culture. Growing up, I feel as though the only person that was portrayed in a positive light that looked like me on TV was Maria from Sesame Street. And to see an entire movie, to see an entire Disney movie focused on the Latinx culture is truly a beautiful thing. And the music, I mean, I remember as a kid, I didn't really listen to English music until about fifth grade or so, but I remember being embarrassed to say that, yeah, my family listened to merengue and bachata and salsa, and now the whole world is singing and dancing along to 
we don't talk about Bruno, no, no. <laughs> and what an awesome cha-cha it is and all the other songs in the movie. It's just, it's really amazing. And it makes me really proud and, and really happy to see. And despite the movie being set in Colombia, um, I'm from Dominican Republic in case you didn't know, but despite it being set in a specific country, I really feel like the writers and the entire movie really captured the Latinx culture to an amazing degree. I fell in love with the various skin tones that they showed the families having, even the in the one family, the body types of everyone, the hair textures, and even the accents that they use. Everything was just so diverse. And that really is what is true to Latino families in the Latinx cultures is that everybody looks a little bit different, even siblings, because of our various backgrounds. And then, of course, I fell in love with the family. Not to say that I didn't get upset with some of them as I was watching it because there was so much that came up. And I watched it through like two different lens, right? One through the therapeutic lens, because I just can't help myself. And the second um, through the personal lens of comparing some of the characters to my own family members. So I wanted to get into it a little bit with you um, about some of the main characters and then talk about some of the overarching family themes that are present in a lot of Latinx families and maybe in a lot of other cultures as well. But just to shed some light on that in case you um, identify with the culture, maybe you can agree with some of these or disagree, which is totally okay. And if you are outside of the Latinx culture, then maybe you'll get to learn a little bit with the understanding that, of course, we're talking about overarching themes and there's not one thing that describes one specific person or one specific family, culture, or backgrounds. So first going into the main character, Mirabel. So Mirabel is really special because she really breaks the mold when it comes to stepping outside the, the little box. It seems that a lot of us are expected to fit in, stay in, and color inside the lines, especially when coming from a Latinx family. She is unique. She um, challenges. She challenges the family narratives, and she talks about things that the family sometimes doesn't talk about. It's kind of like the pink elephant in the room, and they all know it's there, but nobody ever wants to talk about, especially because it goes against what the abuela, the grandmother, um, it goes against her thinking, right? And sometimes it's better um, and it's easier rather. It's easier in um, a Latino family. And sometimes this is true for other cultures as well to keep that unstated to keep that unsaid instead of confronting it. So Mirabel is really special. Um, and she's a cycle breaker. She is breaking the cycle in her own right. Then there's Luisa. Luisa is the one with the super strength. And that really reminds me of a lot of women just in the Latinx culture. I feel like we are expected to be strong, not in physical strength, but in emotional strength. Um, we are expected to almost carry the burden, um, the stories of the family to do everything and to not um, expect a break to not um, expect pity or anything like that, but to do everything, to put everything, everyone else first and to keep ourselves last. And what the Luisa character definitely teaches is that you don't have to carry it all, right? It's important to take care of your physical and mental well-being. Um, and 
you don't have to carry the pressure that sometimes the family carries. Um, and your worth is not measured by what you carry or what you are expected to carry. It's so important to learn to stop, to pause, to take a deep breath and to take care of yourself um, because you have to take care of yourself first before you can be anything to anyone else. And then there's Isabella. Isabella is one of the sisters who is perfect, right? Her hair is perfect. Her clothing is perfect. Her, the way she speaks, she never speaks out of turn. And that's something else that's also expected, especially little girls, let's say in the Latinx culture, um, is the need to stay perfect and to do all the right things at the right times and to always be um, accepted. And it's important to know that it's okay to express your true feelings and that's challenging. That's challenging when you're expected to kind of seen and be heard, um, excuse me, to kind of, yeah, to be seen, but not be heard rather. Um, because that's the way that little girls and little kids are really raised, right? You're not expected to voice up and, and voice your own, uh, to speak up and voice your own opinion. Um, and Isabella teaches us that it's okay to enjoy the moment um, and to express your true feelings and to not be afraid to express yourself. It took her the entire movie to get there with Mirabel's help, but um, she teaches us a lot, especially for Latina women. And then there's Bruno. And I feel like there's a Bruno maybe in every family. Um, you know, everybody has kind of a, a black sheep, quote unquote. Um, but really it's, people who kind of think outside the box, kind of like how Mirabel does too. Um, and it's really important to, to really be yourself, um, even when people don't understand it or aren't ready to understand it. And it, it hurt, you know, so, so much seeing the movie of how Bruno was right there, right next to his family, um, but really stay hidden because that is what was expected because he was shunned. Um, and it's really important for us as we're raising our kids, regardless of what culture we come from, that we accept our kids for who they are. And sometimes, especially in our day and age, that may bleed into some political things, it seems. It may um, bleed into some identity things. But imagine, imagine if we teach our kids that certain things are or are not accepted. Imagine when they become teenagers. Imagine when they become in their early 20s. And then they feel like they have to hide themselves, that they cannot be true to themselves, that they cannot really be themselves because of the family expectations and how that can hurt to live with this shadow um, and then live in the shadows as opposed to just really being your true and most authentic self. So we can all learn a lot from the Bruno character, from the Bruno story. Um, and hopefully, especially those of us who work with kids or have kids of our own to really keep that in mind when we are telling our kids what we feel is okay or is not okay, because that may be all right for us, but we don't know if it's going to be true for them. And so then there's the abuela and the abuela is the patriarchy, right? Of the family. She overlooks the family. And it seems like in a lot of Latino cultures, sometimes in Asian cultures, um, you know, the elder family members really are very highly respected and are the ones who know most. And, um, you know, you don't go against them and going against them is, is maybe seen as going against the family. And there's so much that the abuela, um, 
really partook in as far as how the family was able to express or not express themselves because of everything that she went through. And it's really important now to look at through the therapeutic lens of the trauma, the trauma that she went through of losing her husband, of having to raise triplets on her own, of living in danger for a little while. And all of that trauma blocked her, you know, from to be able to kind of see what she was doing to her family as more family members, you know, that they grew up and they entered the picture um, because she had not yet processed her own really the way that she, that she responded to survive, you know, that she had to live through all of the high pressures, um, and all everything, all of the dangers that were happening in her day and age. And because she didn't process that, that's why she was kind of putting it onto her family unknowingly. Right. And there's so much pain that stays stuck in unprocessed, unprocessed traumas. Um, and if we don't learn to work through those, if we don't seek help from licensed therapists to work through that, it's so easily transferred from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. Um, and that's really what happened to the abuela. She really projected her own stuff onto her family. And that is why they were you know, really afraid to, to step outside the lines and to speak up because of her hyper-focus on the kids, on the family, um, as opposed to kind of really looking deep into the bigger picture. She narrowed down on each of the family members. The only, not the only, but one of the main things that stuck out to me was how easy, because of course it is Disney, right? And and the traumas need to be resolved in an hour and a bit or so. But how easy the abuela just came to to kind of to see, oh yeah, you know, it's because of everything that I went through that I didn't let you express yourself or that I was holding everybody to such high standards. And when it comes down to it, that is definitely not the reality because it is, it may be tough to not only see and work through all of the trauma. But it's also tough to put that pride aside. And I feel like in Latino families, there is a lot of pride, especially by older family members. And even as an adult, I don't challenge the older family members, um, depending on the subject, right? But when it comes to deep-rooted things, you know, sometimes there's a thought of, well, that's just the way they are, so why challenge them, right? And it can open up a big can of worms if you do, and that is hard. That's really hard, and then you run the risk of, you know, being away from your family or being shunned from the family, being put as a black sheep, um, or a lot of other things that may come along with that. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, but something that is definitely helpful is, again, seeking the help uh, out of a licensed therapist to work through these things for yourself so that then you can see how family stuff played into your own character and personal development, and then how you can stop the cycle and not pass it on to your children and the next generation. Um, I loved how the movie really showed the importance of the entire, not just family, but the entire community and how everybody is really connected to one another. And that's really tough sometimes to see in the United States. But when you go back to our own countries of origin, you can see that everybody kind of knows each other and everybody plays a part. Um, you would hope into the support, but sometimes into the opposite as well. So that is a quick rundown of Encanto through 
through a therapeutic lens. Um, and just, you know, important to remember that your own desires, your own needs matter just as much as your family's. And that's sometimes really hard when you are raised and lived through, um, you know, Latino families and, and the expectations. Um, and it's a beautiful thing at the end, they began to, the family began to heal all together and to, to work together to not only rebuild their home physically, but also in, um, or literally rather, um, but also in the figurative way, um, in the metaphoric lens. Um, and they were really came together as a family. So in terms of now taking it out of the Disney lens and putting it into your own family, know that you can at any moment in time, take a breath. You can stop to take a breath. You can step back and you can gather your thoughts before you speak, especially in a stressful situation. Um, when speaking to family members, right. Or maybe when confronting some of these more challenging thoughts, um, you can ask, you know, instead of saying, well, it's because of this, that da, 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 da. <laughs> you can say, well, I wonder if, you know, or you can just ask questions to try to open up people's um, perspectives. If they can see a bigger picture than the narrative that, you know, is true for them. And that's sometimes really challenging to step away from. Use I statements when you do that so that you don't place blame on anyone else. Um, explain and express your own thought process and understand that people can't read your minds and that sometimes um, people's own narratives can, can uh, cloud others, right? So you want to make sure that you express your own thought process and that you do so in, non, in a non-accusatory way um, without placing blame on other folks um, and practice patience because it takes, it takes time and it takes effort and it takes help to really not only improve your communication to be able to have a two-way communication, but also um, to just see that some people may not be ready for change. And that takes a lot of patience when you have gone through change and others have not. And if you haven't watched the movie Encanto, I'm sorry for all the spoiler alerts I just gave you and please watch it because it's really um, a beautiful and amazing movie. And thank you to Disney for highlighting the Latinx culture. So right now, regardless of where you are or what you're doing, ground yourself in the space that you're in, whether you're sitting, standing or walking. Take a breath in through your nose, release it out through your mouth. And as you hear my voice, think of your own family, whether you have a positive and well-functioning relationship with them, or perhaps things are rather estranged. Thinking about our families can be quite a challenge sometimes depending on the way that we grew up and the things that we've experienced. But in this very moment, in the space that you're in, know that although you grew up a certain way, whether it be deemed as positive or negative, it doesn't define fully who you are in this very moment because you yourself have the ability to change the narrative in any direction at any point you choose. 
Know that you have strength within yourself to work hard, to work through the hard things, and also the strength to take breaks when needed, to allow yourself grace and compassion when needed, and to be the best version of yourself. Have a great week. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It would mean a ton if you took this moment to review the Free to Be Mindful podcast on the platform you catch your favorite shows. That quick and easy act lets me know what you enjoy and it helps others find the podcast too. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you can listen along next week. In the meantime, I welcome you to catch me on social media at Counselor V De Jesus. And as always, remember, in a world where you are free to be anything that you want to be, you are always free to be mindful. Catch you next week.